1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: And good afternoon. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Sports Radio, WEI. It's Christian Arkans, Megan Adelini here with you until 6 o'clock. Nice to have you with us here on this, uh, well, aftermath of a snowy Monday. And uh, learned a lot today. I learned a lot already today. I learned that uh, my son, who just is nine months old today, is enormous. 95th percentile.
3: How did you not already know this? Every picture that you send to me, I'm like, I know you're not a tiny person. No, no, no. And your baby is huge. You have a huge baby. He's I have a, a giant a baby.
2: Large, large baby. I knew he was big, but I didn't know compared to every baby in the world. You know what I mean? So, like...
3: He's statistically huge. There's
2: He's- only 14 babies on- that have ever been
4: born ever. that have larger heads In the history of the son.
2: world. 94th in head circumference, 95th weight, 84th in height. So, I got myself a beast in the house right now. I learned that this morning. And I also learned... That the Patriots have an offensive coordinator isn't that something, Megan Adelini? An offensive coordinator named Bill O'Brien, who we all knew it was going to be this entire time, and uh, they finally made it official this morning, right around the time I found out that uh, my baby's bigger than everybody else's baby in the world.
3: Just because we (laughs) all assumed it was happening, I am. It's a good day. (laughs) Doesn't mean we can't celebrate it. Sure, I'm here to celebrate this today because this is a major achievement. This is a the first step in getting this offense back to a professional level and fixing Mac Jones. Sweet baby Billy. (laughs) He's coming home from Alabama. He might be a little different. Don't know what two years in Alabama does to you. and don't know if they're running him out of town with pitchforks. You look on Twitter. I did like looking on Twitter because, of course, if you look at the quote tweets on Schefter, who had the report first from ESPN, look at the quote tweets. It's a 50-50 split of like Patriots fans being like, Thank God. Oh, an adult is here. Grown ups back to run the offense. Real offensive coordinator. Oh, this is so great for Mac. And then the other 50% is Alabama fans being like, thank God he's gone. Saban sent him back to Belichick. This is awesome.
2: Yeah, it's a mixed reaction there, depending Everyone's on where, you, uh, depending on where you're from. It's true. Everyone is happy about it. I'm happy about it, too. Not so much even because it's Bill O'Brien. I mean, I like Bill O'Brien, but I'm still kind of skeptical about what this uh, rejoining of this uh, program is going to do for him and for Mac Jones and everybody else. I'm skeptical. That poor kid. Uh, He's happy. He's happy that Bill uh, O'Brien's out of Alabama. But what I'm most happy about is that the team recognized that this needed to happen, that something needed to happen and they acted on it. And they didn't wait around and they didn't let it slip through the cracks and they didn't let him go to Arizona or any of these other teams that may have been interested in him. They knew that they had to do something. They made that clear right away. And then they backed it up. I was worried that they were going to put this press release out and make this whole big show about oh yeah, we're on top of this. We're really going to do it. we're all, And then Bill's just going to do whatever he wants. That's sort of one thing that I was legitimately concerned about. And maybe Bill's just doing whatever he wants too. Bill O'Brien. Brian, as qualified as he is, is the most qualified friend of Bill Belichick who was on the list because they were all friends of Bill Belichick. So there's that too. But all in all, the team recognized that there was a problem. They knew they had to do something about it and they did it. And I think that in some small way, like that's <laughs> the fact that it's Bill O'Brien is fine. But the fact that they did it, that they addressed it and the way that they addressed it gives me some hope here in the latter stages of the Belichick era.
3: So. I have to ask, because you say, like, you're not particularly thrilled it's Bill O'Brien. You're glad that they're taking the step towards an experienced offensive coordinator. Yes. What is it about Bill O'Brien, before we get into what he needs to do with this team, what his relationship with Mac might be like, how Mac feels about this, the task in front of him, what is it about Bill O'Brien that's giving you pause? And is all of it Houston?
2: Um, No, it's not all Houston. I'd say that's a good part of it. I think that he did a fine job when he was here with an offense that was an all-time offense with great, great players, and in some cases the greatest players. Uh, Brady in his prime, Gronk in his prime, Welker in his prime. I don't think Moss was on the team in 2011 uh, anymore. But, I mean, you know, they had all these phenomenal players on offense, and you're coming into a situation where you don't have that anymore. And I just sort of wonder, like, is O'Brien the type of offensive coach who really can get a lot out of great players, but when it comes to... The type of pass catchers, not to mention quarterback, on this team, who I'm not convinced is anything more than a middle of the pack guy at best right now, and that may be generous at this point when we talk about Mac Jones. I just I don't know. I don't know that I don't know that a, uh, a a guy who we've seen succeed in those circumstances can walk into this circumstance and have that same success. That's the one thing I'm a little skeptical of. I don't necessarily blame him for the down years in Houston. I know he had a lot of bad quarterbacks, and you know I know that Watson was injured a couple of those years too. So I'm not going to put that all on him. Uh, You know, there was there was other sort of factors that contributed to that. But I do think that at Alabama, I mean, they're thrilled that he's gone and the offense did kind of get worse while he was there. And I do think that, you know, when he was succeeding here in New England, I'm ignoring the Penn State stuff because I don't really know how that offense looked. But the uh, (laughs) the Penn State, (laughs) the Penn State stuff is put that to the side. But in New England, I mean, he was part of an offense that could run itself. You know, so that's sort of where I stand with him. Uh, I still I need to I need to see what kind of influence and impact he has on Mac Jones and this whole offense because right now I, I know that he can coach a great one. I don't know that he can coach this one.
3: I think this is a home run. I was worried when the reports started coming out and even the rumors before the reports, before the end of the season, when it was like Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, is he going to come here? Bill O'Brien says he hasn't heard from the Patriots. Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien. I sat there and went, I feel like this is too obvious of an answer. So it's such an obvious answer and such an obvious fit that Bill Belichick is not going to do it because he zags so often right. that he's <laughs> going to go bring some guy who's like kid plays at lacrosse at Johns Hopkins or something like when that. When everybody
5: zigs, Belichick zags.
3: Yeah, and so I hate to be quoting that guy. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, that was the fear for me. So for them to put out the statement a couple weeks ago, Zip through this process, looking back on it, we kind of said this through the process. It doesn't really feel like any of their, the other candidates were really serious candidates, I'm sorry to say. Like, I know that there are certain criteria because of league rules that you need to meet in terms of interviewing for these positions. I'm not even talking about that. You know, the people that that they interviewed via Zoom, by the way, which I feel like is another indicator that they were just video conferencing these guys. It's not like they were coming into town to walk around Gillette and get dinner and everything with Bill Belichick. Um, But none of those guys had been play callers before in the NFL. So was Bill Belichick seriously going to go from the situation in the last season to then having another rookie offensive play caller? Like, I just, that would be so tough. And mean, he, he might have done it, but I think it would be a tough pill for Kraft and for the fans to swallow. So I'm just glad that they executed it. I'm glad that this first step, that they were able to get the guy that they wanted, the obvious choice, close the deal, and bring him back here. you excited? Yes. Yes, I am. But I thought Mike Reese had some interesting numbers. So he pointed out, he followed up on uh, his co-worker Schefter's reporting. And this is what Bill O'Brien stands to inherit. Uh, in 2022, the key areas that I don't know what that accent was. The key areas that the Patriots offense dipped in were red zone efficiency. They were 11th. They went from 11th to 32nd from 2021 to 2022. 11th to 32nd. Third down efficiency. They were 10th in 2021. They went to 27th last season. First downs. They were tied for 9th. They dropped to 28th. Sacks allowed. They dropped from 8th to 19th. Mm. Touchdown scored 48 to 31 overall. Not great. So those are some pretty, pretty, I mean, just illustrating the slide of this offense. You can go, and then you can go individually to some of the free agents, to some of the weapons, to Mac Jones. Go player by player and see how each player kind of individually collapse. But the whole thing fell apart on its face when you look at those numbers. And now Bill O'Brien's coming in to pick up the pieces.
2: Yeah, I think that last year the offense got off the rails like right away during passing camp in the spring is when it seemed like things started to really, and that's when like players were voicing their dissatisfaction with the new offense and because the new you know and what happened. all these happened, other things, right.
3: They came in and they found out that they were having, quote, coordinator by committee, yeah. which wasn't going to work. And not only that, but they were going to be putting in an offense that none of them had ever coached before. Or major elements of an offense. They had Belichick's Frankenstein offense. Mm-hmm. And none of them had ever coached it before. So, of course, Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne are standing there going, excuse me, what? We just went out and had all our little West Coast trips training together. Right. We're all hyped up because, you know, we made the playoffs last season and now we're looking at the Bills and we think maybe we can get closer to them. Maybe we won't beat them. We won't sweep them in the season. Maybe we won't have to see them in the first round of the playoffs. And now this is what we get?
2: Yes. Hello. <laughs> it's true. And the worst part of it is that it never got better. It never really improved. You never really saw things get back on track. And I think that's the main problem with having such an inexperienced offensive play call. You can't even say coordinator because he wasn't the coordinator. But having two guys who were just so inexperienced, when you see things get off the rails in the summer and you can't get them back on and you're just sort of stuck in neutral with this offense that can't go anywhere, Like that's a real problem. And that's a problem that I think if it happens again, if we're to arise again, Bill O'Brien would be able to – push the right buttons and get them back to where they need to go. And I just don't think that that's something that Patricia or Judge had even a small piece of equipment to be able to deal with. You know, like, they weren't equipped to deal with that kind of thing at all. They couldn't even run the offense. And Patricia's also trying to coach the offensive line and, like, Judge is your QB coach, too. Like, it was a whole it was a whole mess. It was really a mess. How's everybody and doing today? While I do appreciate the stability that O'Brien brings, You're also talking about a third offensive coordinator in three years. You're talking about three play callers in three years. So stability starts now. We're three years into a rebuild. If you want to count, you know, the Cam Newton year, this is year four and now you're finally getting some stability for the guy like i i think that's fine i do i'm glad it's i'm glad it's been addressed and i'm glad that they're bringing him in i just think that there's maybe a steeper hill to climb than people are than people are thinking they sort of look at those 8 wins last year and say oh yeah o'brien'll get him two two or three more wins maybe he will you know maybe he will if that's what you think the difference is i'm not sure that that's all it is i think that there's there's still some more aspects to this that that need to be addressed but again I'm happy that they did it. I'm happy that O'Brien's here. And I think that uh, ultimately this is a good thing, you know, no matter no matter what we pick apart here today. So
3: in terms of those serious areas of need, I threw three options out here, and we're going to get to Mac next. But out of these three, which to you is the most critical? Are you ready? Yeah, got getting Mac back to himself, mm-hmm. at least, whoever you think him, himself is from okay. 2021. Uh, two, fixing the offensive line. Okay. Three, elevating the play of weapons like Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry. And whoever else might be on this offense. All right, you want them show. in order
2: or should I wait yeah. for the next? Uh, no, in order.
3: Right, right now.
2: now? All right, I'm going to go with Mac first. I'm going to go in the order you just said, basically. Mac really? first, offensive line, and then, yeah, elevating the pass catchers and things like that. I think Mac's the number one priority. Number one priority. You've got to get him back to playing confidently. And maybe that's, you know, entire, you need to give him more time on the O-line. But I think the O-line is more a personnel question, which is more of a Bill Belichick thing, like bring in some players or draft somebody who can do it. I don't know that that's O'Brien's job uh, per se, the same way it's Bill's to get the players in there. It is O'Brien's job to get Mac back on track. I think that's priority number one, yeah.
3: See, I feel like maybe, and maybe it goes back to the power that I feel that O'Brien will have, It's Mac is definitely far and away the most important piece here. And not because I mean, look, he's the most important player, but also you got to figure out you can't you can't taint the sample again this year. Like you got (laughs) to figure out this is like he's got to be pristine with white gloves on every Mm. time like that. He's handling Mac and be like, okay, I'm giving you every opportunity (laughs) in the world, Mac. And if you screw it up, then we know that you're not the future. Like I'm giving you every, I'm giving you a perfect situation here. And that to me ties back to elevating the play of weapons like Kendrick Bourne and Henry Henry. These are guys that you paid a lot of money for sure. that prove that they can be productive in 2021 and they can be players. And I'm not just singling out those two guys. I would like to see Taequann Thornton in there. I'd like to see what you can do to, with Devontae Parker. Uh, hopefully they bring back Jacoby Myers in my book. But... You, I want to see an offense that will actually elevate those guys back to where they were and give something for Mac Jones to work with.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I'd also like them to upgrade at those positions, too. I think that you can do that at wide receiver, to be sure. Maybe not at tight end because you have so much money committed, but at wide receiver, you definitely can. 617 779 seven nine seven ninety-three seven. There's your phone number. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the Bill O'Brien-Mac Jones dynamic, what that relationship uh, could possibly be like. We'll uh, listen to some old Bill O'Brien audio of him being a red-ass back in Houston. But first, here's Ryan Garvin with What's Trending. is your phone number. It's Christian Arcand, Megan Adelini here with you until 6 o'clock. We're going to be joined by Andrew Raycroft, Razor from Nesson, to talk some Bruins next hour. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, uh, we continue with our Bill O'Brien reaction. Uh, Both of us, I think, are happy that this happened. I don't think anybody's upset that Bill O'Brien was brought in here. People are upset. Uh, People are upset. The
3: Twitch chat is upset that your baby has such a big head. Hey,
2: (laughs) that means he's smart. All right? Big brain growing Someone in there. Someone
3: said, Christian Arcan, why does your baby have to be so gigantic?
2: Hey, I'm sick. I can't help it, all right? This is genetics.
3: Do you have a big head?
2: I don't have a small head, I don't the think. The
3: run in your family? Do you have to get, like, special-sized hats?
2: No, my hat's uh, seven and a half. Is that big? Is that big for hats, for fitted hats, seven and a half? Bigger than me, I'm I'm like a seven and one eighth. I think that's right. And one wow. eighth, that's like a tiny head. It's a very small it's like head. Beatles I acknowledge juice. that. Yeah,
3: it's, it's better to have a big head than like a little tiny head.
2: Um, yeah, that's true. I, I would agree with that. Um, but that's never going to be a problem for my son, so that's good. Uh, Bill Belichick making the move, bringing in Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones reportedly is excited. That uh, O'Brien is coming, and that's that's the report. Someone close to Mac Jones told—I forget who he told—the uh, reporter that he's very excited.
3: I got it right here. Who so is Mark Daniels from Mass Daniels, Live. He notes as a reminder that O'Brien worked for the Patriots in the offensive system from 2007 to 2011. He called plays for the last three seasons, even though he only had the title offensive coordinator in 2011. He writes, according to one source close to Mac Jones, the Patriots quarterback is, quote, very... Excited about O'Brien coming to New England. Another source close to the Patriots quarterback told Mass Live that Jones, quote, is looking forward to working with Coach O'Brien.
5: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they added that since the Patriots. I love
5: to see
4: Mac Jones excited.
3: Since the Patriots in Alabama have a similar culture and offensive approach, it should help Jones with the transition of working with O'Brien. The source said that for Jones, it'll be, quote, Nice to start a new working relationship with someone that you already have had the opportunity to work with. So I saw some people getting a little confused on Twitter uh, about what the definition that Adam Schefter put out there was of these two have briefly worked together before at Alabama. Right,
2: because he didn't play there. Right. Yeah. When O'Brien was on the staff. For anyone
3: who's confused, Bill O'Brien never coached Mac Jones while he was at Alabama as a player. But they did overlap a little bit because O'Brien was getting into the position there as Mac Jones was departing and going to the draft. So uh, he was asked, uh, Bill O'Brien was asked about specifically before it was the Cotton Bowl, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, QB trust and what Mac Jones did, where their paths kind of crossed in terms of their relationship.
5: For me, you know, relationships with quarterbacks are are, are really obviously a, a, a big part of, of being um, in the position that I've been in, whether it's at Alabama or the other places I've been. I mean, there has to be a trust. And from day one, you know, when Bryce walked in the office, when I got to Alabama, you know, he had a really good knowledge of, of the offense, which is a testament to last year's coaching staff, Uh, And also the, the, you know, Mac Jones and and his ability to mentor Bryce, uh, you know, last year.
3: And then can we hear the part there, Ryan? So he actually points out that when Bill O'Brien points out that when he got to Alabama, he had to catch up on some of the playbook there. And Mac Jones was who he reached out to in order to get that under his belt quickly.
5: I think the most challenging thing for me was, you know, when I came in here uh, learning this offense, you know, and I had a lot of people help me, um, people that were here before, uh, guys on the coaching staff, uh, obviously Bryce. Um, I've said before, Mac Jones, when he was working out for the draft, helped me a little bit, which was great. Um, so I'm really thankful to those people. That was the most challenging thing because I had been involved with an offense for 10 to 15 years, whatever it was, uh, this similar offense. And then, w- But when you come here, you know you're running Alabama's offense. You're not bringing your offense in here, and it's a great offense with a great history. And it was really awesome to learn it, but it was very challenging.
3: Okay, so Arkan, I'm eager to hear what your thoughts on that are now that he's actually going to be here and how this Mac Jones Bill O'Brien relationship is going to go. But I I texted you guys this morning. Hearing that, I immediately thought about a conversation that we've had over the last two weeks, which is the dynamic that Mac Jones had. With his now former offensive coordinators, coordinator by committee, sure. Between Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, I'm not and really aware
4: about specifically what you're
2: talking about.
3: Specifically, Joe Judge, because here is Bill O'Brien
2: mm-hmm.
3: with Alabama ahead of a big game, and he's talking about all the people who helped get him up to speed. And this is a guy who was a head coach in the NFL. He was an so offensive. He has, no- he has an offensive coordinator at with one of the greatest offenses in recent history. Sure. And he's coming out and saying this kid who is getting ready for the draft, help me get up to speed with this offense. Meanwhile, this is the quote that got Mac Jones apparently in hot water with those previous coordinators. Can we hear it again this inflammatory statement that he made at training camp?
2: So he has knowledge that is very beneficial to me as a quarterback and um, obviously i'm I'm gonna learn with him that's the the goal is to kind of you know teach each other and move along and uh, take what he knows and then take the experiences that i have and combine them
3: uh. <laughs> he teach said, each what? other teach each other i wonder why he would say that maybe because he thinks that that's what a working relationship between two adults professionally should be like i mean i know it's in some circles, you don't want to act like a player is an equal to a coach. Right. And there's, especially a young player, and there's, you know, a chain of command and all of that. I still don't think that Mac Jones went out there saying that because he thought he was MFing Joe Judge in that situation. The way that Joe Judge apparently took it. Obviously,
2: I'm, I'm going to learn with him. That's the, the goal is to kind of, you know, teach each other and move along. and.
3: Because a year before saying this statement, he was literally sitting there Helping, while he's preparing for the draft, Right. you know, one of the biggest moments of his life up to that point, he's sitting there with Bill O'Brien trying to get him up to speed with the playbook. And this, this is why I'm optimistic about Bill O'Brien coming here and the work that he's going to be able to do with Mac because I don't think that they're going to be caught in the mud and the sludge of this bull crap that apparently... Rip this locker room apart this season.
2: Hopefully. I hope you're right. I
3: don't think they're going to. I I think that a grown-up is here, a real coach, a real offensive coordinator, and they can MF each other back and forth and then smack each other on the butt or whatever when they're running off the sideline after they win. Hey
2: boy, good job. Um sure. I mean, we know that both of these guys can get pretty red in the ass when they when they're <laughs> when they're upset about something and we know that Bill O'Brien has no problem lighting up his quarterback and we know that Mac Jones has no problem lighting up his coach. I mean, that's that's something we know about both of these guys. It's one of the main things we know about both of these guys, I would say. The only difference I would say and you're right about the judge uh O'Brien teaching each other thing. The only thing I would say it's a little bit different is that O'Brien came to Alabama, and there's this Steve Sarkeesian offense that he had to learn, and he had no idea what it was, and he had all these different people sort of showing him it. Uh, When Judge and Patricia came back, they came back to the Patriots where they had worked already. And I know they weren't working on the offense, but they were there. They sort of Arcane. were among these other coaches and How they knew what was different? happening. It is different because they were both on the Patriots staff. Bill O'Brien Bill went to O'Brien a place where, was where he an had offensive no.
3: offensive coordinator in the NFL. Yeah, but not in Alabama. Like,
2: I'm saying like that Sarkeesian but... offense is something he had to learn. The, Joe the, judge
3: was learning a job he had never done before right
2: but he should have had at least more of an idea of what the Patriots how the Patriots do things because he worked there before you know what I mean like he doesn't the, know how
3: to do that job clearly clear,
2: clearly neither of them knew that that's the point point. and I'm not trying to defend Joe judge here for being annoyed at Mac Jones I just think that that's a little bit different when you're coming back to a team you worked for already as opposed to going to a college program where you don't know anything about what the terms they used and all that other stuff you know don't like, you
3: think though for all the you know, All these guys have egos, okay? They all have big egos. It's how you survive, how you're competitive in this world. Don't you think it demonstrates a certain level of humility for Bill O'Brien, though? That he publicly is like all these different guys down to the former quarterback and his quarterback, Bryce Mm -hmm. Young at the time, helped get me up to speed with this offense. Yeah. Whereas Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, it's like, how dare you say we're going to learn from each other? Like, that, that's what the first... What could you possibly teach the me? The first, according to Andrew Callahan, who sat with us, that that rubbed them the wrong way. That was the first straw, you know, of the many straws that they would break the camel's back. Like, it's just... It's so, I I still can't get over that. And it just is why I'm so relieved. And people will look at this and they'll point to uh, Bill O'Brien's performance in Houston as a head coach and say, you know, he had some crappy quarterbacks there. We don't know what Mac Jones is yet. And Deshaun Watson was also hurt at different points when he was there. But Mm -hmm. it's not like his offense down there was so great. Like, why are you excited about this? When he did it before here, he had Tom Brady. Well, this is a starting point. You can say for all the experience of being an offensive coordinator that that's a step up from the guys who were doing this before. But this stuff, I think, is really important for the day-in, day-out, and the buy-in from your locker room. And definitely the buy-in from your young quarterback if you're trying to, you know, get things back to at least where they were in 2021.
2: Yeah, and that's sort of the goal, right? I mean, you're not... Obviously you want to do better than last year, but the real goal here is to get back to where you were a season prior to that and hopefully get beyond that because we all saw what that was. You were a 10-win team, kind of. You beat a lot of teams that were injured and didn't have their starters, but then you were just a tomato can in the playoffs. You know, you were just sort of an afterthought as Buffalo you know, sort of stomped all over you and moved on. Then you took a step back from there. That's not a great place to be because if you're just a fringe playoff team like that, you're not picking high in the draft, and you really don't have any realistic chance of going anywhere in the post season so you want to be something more than that bill o'brien does elevate this offense i do i think that probably could count for another win maybe two more wins in the schedule but does it make them a team that the bengals and the bills and the chiefs have to worry about and that's i think still a dubious thing to say yes to i don't know i mean i'm just I, like we watch the we watch these games over the weekend and even during the uh, wild card weekend and you watch these teams out there and some of them aren't even that impressive but you watch them and think, well, they're still offensively leaps and bounds better than the Patriots. <laughs> like, you know, like that was sort of my takeaway and still is. Even even Josh Allen going out there laying an egg against the Bengals, you know, you you put up with that with him once in a while. And I know that that's starting to wear a little thin with him, too. But, like, you know, that's a off game for him. That was the norm for Mac Jones and the Patriots this year. You have to, first of all, snap them out of it, but then you have to see if that offense with a competent play caller can be competitive with these other AFC teams because that's really what we're talking about, right? We're not just talking about being better than last year. Right. We're talking about competing again, and they're still very far away from that. I well,
3: think. how about in your own division? We're talking about sure. teams that are that, Great are, place to that start. were just playing in the playoffs What about the Dolphins? Do you feel like you're better than the Dolphins? The Dolphins do indeed bring Tua back. And that's saying that's the situation there. Because there's going to be free agents moving around a quarterback. I'm not going to go down like what could happen for the Mm -hmm. Dolphins right now because it's just not the point of the show right now. (laughs) But looking at the weapons that they have on the field and the offense that they were able to execute last season, do you feel like you're a better team than them now?
2: I think your defense is better, but a better team? No, I think the well, dolphins are a better, have a better team, team overall. I think the dolphins have a better overall team. Yeah, I think that they're. So
3: then you're still at at best third in your division.
2: Yeah. I think that's where you probably are. And Listen, I mean, things happen over the course of a season. Josh Allen could get hurt. You saw what happened with the Dolphins and Tua. His future, I think, is very much up in the air. You have no idea if he's even going to play football again or if Tom Brady's going to be their quarterback next year or what the hell is going to happen.
3: Arkan, I just said we're not going there. They're they're <laughs> ahead of
2: you, sure. They're still ahead of you in my in my book. 617 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Tim in Hanover. He leads us off today. Go ahead, Tim. Folks, thanks a
0: lot. Hey, I just want to say it's a, it's a good day. Bill O'Brien's going to come in here, and he's going to have a whole new offensive plan. Hopefully. None of the same old mumbo-jumbo that we've been seeing. And I'll tell you what, all the players are going to be happy he's there. It's because they know, now especially on the offense, because they know what his capabilities are doing, and they're going to have good people around him. Here's the deal. We didn't spend the money on the quarterback. Max's going to show what we got because I'll tell you what, you're going to watch. They're going to have a good, good game plan, getting a couple of good solid players on both sides of the ball, and they're going to get guys that they need on the offense, and you're going to see Mac play to his capabilities, and then they'll be competitive, and we won't have to bash the Pats. Like we've been bashing them, we can root them on and hope everything's going. I good mean,
2: Tim, year. we're probably still going to bash the Pats, just so you know. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to change just because you got Bill O'Brien and here no, as an offensive negativity coordinator. Negativity is dead okay. in twenty twenty three. I think that still may happen, but I, I sort of see what he's saying. The only thing I would say is that all those other people who got interviews for offensive coordinator, there's rumors out there that they may be the new position coaches, right? Like mm-hmm. they may be part of Bill O'Brien's staff and they were interviewed to sort of see if they were you know, amicable to joining a team on that, on those sort of pretenses. Well, you'll be here, you'll be part of this new staff. Wouldn't
3: that be a rough interview? Even if you're a very down to earth person and you see every, you know, the force for the trees, yeah, you're going in for an offensive coordinator interview, and they're like, "How do you like Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator? Sure, I how mean, would you like to work for him?"
2: I think that's uh, that's totally fair. Um, we'll see if these guys get other interview. You know, we'll see if uh, Keenan McCardle and some of these other guys get other real OC interviews in other places. Because if they don't, then I think that's a realistic thing to sort of look at. I also wonder if that means Belichick's just kind of saying, you know what. Scrap the whole thing, like upend the offense with the staff. If they bring in all these new, like Troy Brown's your wide receiver coach right now. You bring in McCardle to be the wide receiver coach. You're moving on from Brown. Like that's a that's a big thing to do. That's a, maybe a big thing to do for a lot of positions. Nick Kayley I mean, he was an offensive coordinator in waiting, right? And now maybe he's uh, going to be moved around or reassigned. I mean, obviously you're going to reassign some of the guys, but if he really upends this whole offense. That could that could end up looking really different next year. And I think that's definitely a good thing. You want it to look as different gonna say, from last year as it possibly can. Doesn't that show a very seismic shift in what we've come
4: to expect from how Bill Belichick coaching staff generally looks that he's willing to okay, these aren't like, you know, uh it's not a nepotism thing. These aren't guys that he's like closely acquainted with, but you know, maybe some paths have been crossed with Bill Belichick as far as, you know, Keenan McCardell or Sean Jefferson. I think that shows Immense growth and it shows that Bill Belichick is really kind of concerned with not being an error repeater. Um, um I
3: don't know if I would uh, go that okay. far. Look, all of these guys, as we illustrated yesterday, all of these guys are friends of Bill hmm. in one way or another. It's true. That's is Adrian Clem getting Christmas cards from Bill Belichick? Probably. The oh. entire reporting staff gets Christmas okay, cards from Bill Belichick. So first probably. draft pick he ever made.
2: He probably <laughs> bet he sends him a card on draft night every year and says, I say Adrian, you know, you're the one who made me a, a draft. After. Merry Christmas! Sean I remember Jefferson. this day every single year. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. We see your calls stacking up. We will get to all of them next. Sports Radio W E E I Christian Arcan Megan Ottolini. We'll get to your phone calls here in just a minute. Tom Brady on his podcast with Jim Gray, the Let's Go Podcast. Which what a name, by the way, for that thing with uh, Scratchy himself. He got under Brady's skin a little Tom. bit, except not really. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. But first, let's get some more weird. of your phones. Uh, Brian is up in Marsh Vegas. Hey, Brian. How you doing? What's up, um, Brian? Uh, just calling to sit there and say if Bill O'Brien comes in and turns back
0: around, how is Bill doing? What's best for the team after he just wasted a year on him?
2: That's a great point, Brian. I mean, obviously he's addressing the the problem and and realizing that he made a mistake, but. You're right. I well, will mean, own, Will he own up to it? Well, we'll see. No. I'd probably not. I would imagine he probably will not. I don't think that he's going to own up to anything. He's, he's going to continue to say he thought it was what was best for the team. Sit down at the coaches' meeting and give the uh, Adam
4: Sandler, you were right, I was wrong, you're handsome, I'm not very good looking. I'm stupid. You're smart. No, hold your breath. You'll pass out before we have that press conference.
2: Don't think we'll be hearing that, but the caller's point is a good one, and that is that, you know, this is correcting a major, major wrong that Bill Belichick committed. I mean, this is this is fixing something that Bill Belichick broke. Yeah, I can confirm that. All right? I mean, that, that's what this move is, and that's sort of what we're talking about. And I think that that's an important thing to remember here. Uh, Robert Kraft could have just rubbed Bill's nose in it and said, no, 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 this is your mess or whatever. But instead he said, all right, let's fix it. And they brought in a guy that they all can agree on and they all like. So that's good, and that's a that's a good thing here. But let's not act like this was some big addition. This was cleaning up a mess.
3: So, Robert Kraft knows that Bill Belichick has made a very uh, delicate horse flesh, so he's not going to <laughs> lash that. But over a mistake, I would ask you, as a Patriots fan, are you willing to forgive a mistake when someone will never admit publicly that it was a mistake? um because that's kind of what the callers are getting at
2: kind of like
3: will bill ever own up and say okay he's course correcting now will he ever admit that he veered wrong Uh, maybe maybe like 10 years from now when he's giving some interview for some nfl film or nfl media or whatever it is at that point like when it's a hologram nfl special or something i don't know
2: has he admitted anything about malcolm butler has he admitted no. anything about pushing Brady out the door? Like, you know what I mean. Like I don't in, think that's ever going to happen. But again, in
3: in one of those uh, NFL film type things, he did say that he lost the team in 2009. That's true. He said he said things before when it's he's talking about things kind of in a historical context after things are much better in the present. Right. You know. Um, he but did I just, go back
2: on his thing about not wanting to be 70 on the sideline like Marv right. Levy when he talked to Sean. But so that was, another thing. But yeah. But that,
3: the the difference, I think is that this involves one of his best friends. I
1: just can't get this team to play the way we need to play.
3: Yeah, that's what he was talking about, that 2019. But in order for him to admit a mistake in his judgment, he would have to admit that his friend failed. Right, And I think on a personal level that he's just not going to do that publicly.
4: Well, if you were a good friend, wouldn't you, I mean, yeah, not publicly, wouldn't you take him aside and go, listen, because I care about you, because I value our friendship, I need to tell you these things about you that you may not want to hear so you don't make these same mistakes going forward.
3: I think he probably tried to do that, but at some point, can't teach an old dog new tricks. True. He's a defensive coach. You can't teach him to call plays in real time.
2: Um, should we take more calls yes, or do we want to get to Brady? All right, let's go to Steve and Beverly. Go ahead, Steve.
4: Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey, Steve. hey so I think there's a, there's a couple things on this. So I'm really happy about the offensive coordinator. I mean, honestly, I think if that just transfers to two, maybe three more wins, like look at the, the record difference, right? You're, you're, you're competing more in the division. Maybe you are above Miami. That's just one piece of it. This also plays an impact on the defense. They don't feel like they have to go up there and win the game every time and spend the entire afternoon on the field. So this is kind of a confidence boost, I think, that will will kind of make an effect throughout other areas of this team that I don't think any people are really thinking about too much.
2: Yeah, uh, sure. I think that the defense didn't suffer from being out on the field. Like Obviously, they were the strength of the team along with, uh, well, it was really just that. I was going to say special teams. The special were, teams hurt them. There
3: were... Uh, games where they looked a little gassed at the end mm. again because they were on the field so much I mean that just goes into the whole complimentary football that Bill preaches all the time right That yeah. everything is connected and you can't just look at one side of the ball but um, yeah I mean sure there's something to that two more wins I again this if you're talking about being competitive in the playoffs and going deep into the playoffs like if you're a 10-win team that's great you may get into the wild card round. You may get into the divisional round, but what are you going to do there?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you going to be competing? Are you going to be? Have I, a competitive don't get me wrong. Team?
3: It's certainly more fun than what we went through this year. Sure, like it certainly is. It's just if you're talking about the standard, you're not. You're not going to get back to the standard you were at. But if you're talking about being. Competitive with the top teams in the conference. I mean, is that your goal? Isn't that what you're looking at? Yeah. Isn't that what you want?
2: 100% it should be. Uh, Can I tell you something that's kind of pissing me off a little bit of reaction that I'm seeing that I don't like? Is people saying that. If uh, O'Brien comes in and Mac has another bad year, then that's all the proof that I'm going to need that Mac's not the guy for the job.
3: Why does that piss you off? That
2: pisses me off because, first of all, that implies that Bill O'Brien's going to do an amazing job no matter what and that he's the man and that there's no possible way he could screw anything up here, even though you know things didn't always go so swimmingly in Houston with some of their better players. And number two he's the third coordinator that Max had in three years to
3: me that's the bigger piece
2: that's a huge part that of this I mean I'm piece. sorry like he he may improve a little bit but like what's the what's the line like if he's if he's better than last year all right but he's not he's still not like a pro bowler and he's not you know the team's not a playoff team then what he's not gonna be the guy ever because his third offensive coordinator he didn't get he didn't improve enough like that's not fair I don't think that's fair to Mac Jones at all
3: it's a really great point. We talked to Dan Orlowski about this, if not last week, the week before. And I asked, what do you usually see in cases with quarterbacks where they have this many coordinators in this many years early in their career? And he said, usually it spells disaster. Yeah. Mac Jones, you know, reportedly, he's one of the smarter quarterbacks in the entire league. So you'd hope that he'd be able to pick this up or that Bill O'Brien is coming in and tailoring whatever offense he's going to put into place similar to what he what Mac taught him helped teach him at Alabama or and then maybe marry that with what Mac was running in his first year in the program here in Foxborough so maybe it'll be something that's a little familiar so going back to a comfort zone in one way or another so maybe it'll be a little bit more of an individual situation compared to you know three different systems completely. Yeah, well,
4: traditionally that's that spells disaster for young quarterbacks. Yeah.
3: But it is it, does, it is man. something that you can't ignore. It's a good point. You yeah. have
4: a very complicated kind of relationship, Arkan, with with Mac Jones because sometimes you're like, uh, I I don't think he's the guy. Look at how great Bailey Zappy was, but then you're also bringing up very logical reasons why people who trash Mac Jones shouldn't be trashing Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones,
2: honestly, I do. I did. Zabby sometimes thing. I, I wonder, mean, you know, with the Zappy thing, whatever. But I do like Mac Jones, and I do think that he was dealt a crappy hand last year. I don't think he handled it perfectly, and I think he's a young guy. So I mean, that's that's bound to happen. But like. You know, for, for all the talk of, well, he's just, he's not right for this, or well, if O'Brien comes here and he can't fix him, then he's just broken forever and no one's ever going to, he's never going to be good. Like, I think that's bullcrap. Like, I do. I don't.
4: Very mature
2: of you. That really, uh, first of all, like, uh, deifies Bill O'Brien and is not fair to Mac when you're talking about his third coordinator in three years. Uh, Deuce PK in Boston before the break. Go ahead, Deuce. Hey, fellas. How you guys
3: doing? What's well, hello, Deuce. Nothing much.
0: Not bad. Um, quick question for you. Watching the um, the Cowboys and the Buffalo Bill, there was a lot of money invested in these two teams, and they just blew it with interceptions. But now they have Bill O'Brien, do you think now the Patriots Belichick did what they call it a calculated mistake, just to say save the money for this coming year and just go all out and hopefully, you never know they can bring Brady in too.
2: Save well, they're not going to. I don't think they're bringing Brady in too. Thanks for the call, but saving what money? They just spent a ton of money two years ago. You know, like the bill—the bill came due on that already. I don't think that they're—they're uh, they're a team that's not spending enough or that. They took a year off from spending so they could go on another big spree this year. I don't—I don't think that's the case. I think they have some he, space to use. He might not... be
3: referring to the saving money with the coaches. Oh, because you had Judge and Patricia—a hefty chunk of their salaries being paid by the co- the um, teams that fired them as head. Coaches. Oh, that makes more sense. Again. I have no idea what the budget for the coaching staff is or if a budget exists. Like, part of this, I do feel, last season, was that Bill wanted to work with these guys. Mm -hmm. He wanted his inner circle close to him. If he was going to be in meetings with guys and Bill O'Brien was just not even on the table because Nick Saban didn't have anyone to fill that role for his program, that he chose the guys that he wanted to be around all the time. Like, that's what it comes down to, to me.
2: Yeah and that's kind of weak. I'm sorry. I know he's old and I know he's great. It's, it is very weak. It's pretty weak, a weak it reason lame. to hire people. It was
3: a uh, lame-ass idea and it turned into lame-ass football. Yeah, come on, let me have it. <laughs> may,
2: may it Not now, back, Matt. Uh, a few years there, too. 617 779 There's your phone number. Quick break. When we come back, we'll get to the uh, Tom Brady performance there on his broadcast with Jim Gray and uh, we'll uh, hear from earlier uh, Tommy Curran on with Gresham Foria giving some insight into the uh, O'Brien dynamic which will be in foxborough this season i will do all that right after this
0: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today